is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting Australian female musicians and artists. I am joined today by Nadine, a singer, poet, and MC who has just been uh, announced on the Splendor lineup. Nadine, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. I'm super excited. Yeah, that's amazing. (laughs) We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I'd like to talk about your debut EP called Creatress. Creatress. Which dropped quite recently. Yes. Can you describe the title name, Creatress? What is a creatress? A creatress is essentially just someone who creates, but the idea of making it creatress, it was really just to honour like the female power of creation. That was the whole idea. And, you know, obviously there's creator, which feels like a masculine ending like okay. the same way there's like actor and actress you know what I mean it felt like the power of creator was linguistically given to men so the idea was like to reclaim it you know okay the feminine yeah. aspect of creativity yeah I mean a lot of the EP talks about the ideas of like womanhood and the stories that we're told as we grow up and again like that's why it's kind of taking it's like taking back your female identity and your ability to create what you want out of life. And this is not to say, obviously, that men can't create, like everyone can create. But, yeah, it's almost just like a play on the idea of, like, how, as a default, a lot of um, endings are attributed to, like, the masculine side mm. of things, you know? It's interesting. The One of the big influences for this podcast mm. was a podcast by Laura Marling. Mm-hmm. called Reversal of the Muse. Mm. And she talks about the idea, the kind of interplay between feminine and masculine creativity. Mm. And she talks about the idea that for the last maybe 60 years, a lot of the kind of engineering and mixing and mastering was done by men. Mm-hmm. And she kind of poses the question, would it be different? Would we have popular music? Would it be different if it was the opposite? Mm. Where the strongest influence was the sort of feminine creative approach. Mm. Yeah, essentially that was it. It was the idea of taking it back and, like, being unapologetically female. (laughs) It's a killer way instrumentation on Creatress is really interesting. You have, you. there's hip-hop beats, yeah. and then the start, and I think the finish is an acoustic guitar, there's guitar yeah. solos, and there's yeah. also, I think, some kind of different scales. It's not all like a pentatonic kind of Western scales. Yeah. So how does that musical process evolve in the studio? So I had the initial idea of like, you know, I had a few songs like Pyramids and Disconnected were already written and I really felt like I wanted to bring more 
more of my heritage, like my background into the music. And I wanted poetry in between the songs. I knew that I wanted poetry to tell a story. I was like, well, I'll just get my, so my friend Vahid played all the guitar on the EP. Seriously, he just did it off like one scale, like one Arabic scale that he knew. (laughs) And he played it all. Yeah, it was amazing. So it's just like a 12 string guitar. And I just would do, he'd have a metronome. He'd play along. Oh, I'd do the poem first to a metronome and then we'd let him go and he'd like play and it was, he's really good at listening to what the moment needs. Okay. Yeah. So those are the guitar bits, but you have kind of like trap beats as well. (laughs) Yeah, I do. (laughs) Is there a, are you producing all of those beats as well? No, I'm, I'm there when they're made. Okay. um, And I'll say, okay, yes. So like, I want it to sound like this but with this guitar in it and this, you know what I mean? So like we'd make the beats together. I'd show like reference tracks and then Quinn who mixed and mastered the whole thing as well. And they recorded it with him. Like we'd make some of the beats together and Alpha Mama as well had a huge influence who, I don't know if you know Alpha Mama, she's like, she's from Sydney, amazing musician has been like in the music industry for like 15 years and really champions like supporting women and mentoring women and yeah she was there through a lot of the process but yeah it was really just like a way to like I love trap I love Arabic music I love hip-hop I love good lyrics I love poetry like it was just a way of like I thought it would turn out a mess (laughs) to be honest because there was so many influences but it was just a way to like I just wanted them all together you know like it was what I wanted to hear yeah, right. I think it's an amazing eclectic mix. I think it, it yeah. uh, I found that listening from start to finish, it really takes you on a journey. Yes. There's a dynamics change as well. It's really cool. You touched on your heritage before. You were talking about Egyptian heritage. Yeah. So in the, particularly in the title track, Creatress, yeah. I know that it references multiple Egyptian deities. It talks about Ra. Yeah. And Horus. Yeah. So I know that you have Egyptian heritage. Yeah. How does Egyptian history influence the way that you write? That song in particular, um, initially it was, initially actually the whole EP was going to be called The the Cleopatra Lie. And that track in particular was influenced by the idea of Cleopatra. And it was a really turn, a big turning point in figuring out the theme of the EP in the EP as well, if you listen from start to finish, it's as a track itself is a big turning point in the whole thing. Like the first one's a really like effect, if that makes sense. Like you're the effect of the world around you. And then that track, you become cause again. But yeah, that whole track was influenced by the idea of Cleopatra and how, so growing up, the main narrative, like the kind of dominant narrative of Cleopatra, when you think of Cleopatra, you immediately associate like sexuality and like prowess and power, but it was like a very sexual power in my mind, you know? And then the second I did like the tiniest bit of research, I found out that she was really intelligent, like highly learned. What do I say? I'm a, a scientist, a philosopher, a great politician. But in the history books, my looks rendered me imprisoned, you know. So I find out all these things about her, about how much other power she has. And that's what created that track, essentially. It's like you hear these stories and you learn these things about yourself. Then as a woman, I believe that my only power came from there, blah, 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 blah. Um, So overall, like it doesn't, it's not like a huge overarching theme, but I'm really interested in the culture and like that 
particular story really like brought something up within me. Yeah, right. So it's almost like going back in history and maybe if there has been a warped perception of what had happened, it's more sort of bringing the truth to the surface. Absolutely. And then once you have awareness of something, it's then within your power to change it. Okay. I um, I loved all the tracks, but my favorite track mm-hmm. on the EP was Adamantium. So what I'd like to do now is for us to take uh, have a listen to that. So awesome. this one from Nadine's EP Creatress is called Adamantium. You can't penetrate it And I lost myself A phantom in the wind pacing There's no inhalation And I know I learned to expect it A forced iteration An oration that I was chasing Safety maybe I was seeking mitigation of suffering Scars like losses I was covering Cause my bones were melted Molded with metal I couldn't help it Cause I was meddled with Mutant and monster, I lost my conscience I fell from empress, resorted to temptress Mm. Armed with arms of blades to keep him at a distance He was armed with arms of DNA that had macho imprinted And so when I resisted, he still insisted He still insisted He still insisted So I've been living these days with an adamantium case in the lie permeating But I'll drop it now, all it took was a deep inhalation A realisation, the callous Capricorn I was born So hard-headed I could headbutt a storm But hardness translates to a tendency to ignore half of the song So it can't resolve, then I cut along a cartridge of Supposed sins I'm waiting to have absolved See, I grew up to the gospel of Be careful and be guilty And my mother model womanhood is nothing but man's realty So I figured out early I figured out early how to bite down on my tongue And my brother had a temper so I learned to duck young But the second I realized I'd been raised to be weak I unleashed the dormant force and took my sword from its sheath I melted it and drowned in the power I woke up starving and ready to devour anyone who'd second guess me Turned myself to acid to burn if you ingest me Political police, you better say that correctly Fighting from trauma so I'd slaughter in a frenzy But I don't want to be addicted to misery I don't want to assume that men equate to injury So what if I could write a new narration Letting go of the need for domination That was born from the constant subjugation What if I could practice grace in the retaliation Mind state dilating Embracing perspectives to continue upgrading Cause hate is becoming outdated And armor won't heal you Pain is the medication. That was Adamantium off Nadine's EP, Creatress. The EP was released on Fight Music Records and God Queen Records. Can you tell me a bit about God Queen Records? Yeah. God Queen is an 
art collective for women by um, or female identifying and it was started by Alpha Mama who is a boss in the scene Sydney uh, music scene and she went overseas and she had this vision about like creating a place like because she had no one you know to look up to as she was coming up in the scene and so she started this mentoring program and I did her first ever one like we met kind of through a mutual friend it's a long story but beautiful story and then we had like a Skype session and like I was in tears like the first time and like had goosebumps and stuff so she we I did her mentoring um program and since then we like I moved after that I moved into her house like we became really good friends and she's helped a lot with in terms of my musical career but yeah god queen records is like her her baby like her yeah her idea for a place where women support each other fostering female creativity yeah exactly is it all hip-hop artists or is it no 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 there's heaps of yeah she herself makes like kind of soul r&b like uh hip-hop sometimes like sometimes a bit trappy sometimes a bit electronic kind of music and then We've got a few other artists who like all, yeah, it's all different. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, cool. <laughs> the As I mentioned at the start of the podcast, you are a multifaceted artist because mm-hmm. you are a poet as well. Yeah. I'm really interested in the process of, of creating or writing poetry. Is it a case where you have to be in a specific mindset and then you can kind of write poetry or is it something where you can say, you know, I'm going to write tomorrow at midday and just put your, force yourself into that space, that headspace? It's definitely a bit of both. Okay. Um, I would say that it's really like writing songs as well in the sense that like to be a good writer, you have to write all the time. And then sometimes you get the random doses of inspiration of like, this is a really good poem. But sometimes, like, I remember when I was living in Byron for a while, I was like doing a thing where I had to write for at least 20 minutes every day, poetry. And there was one time where like, I just, I had nothing. I had literally nothing. And I was typing, I hate poetry. I'm sick of writing poetry. Like it was, I would never show anyone, you know, it was horrible, but I had to sit there and write. And then sometimes you get a really good one and you write it and then what you have to do is edit it till it's better. Mm. Like a song, you know, as well. It's the same same thing with writing a good song. You are performing poetry next week on the 3rd of July. Yes, correct. So how does that compare if you have, you're in front of an audience and you are uh, performing music or if you're at sort of a poetry reading session, mm-hmm. how does that prepare or how does the preparation for you change? In a lot of ways, poetry is a lot easier and harder. Like in okay. some ways it's easier and some ways it's harder. It's easier because it's just you, you know, and you can, if you want to pause for a minute because the moment feels like it needs a minute pause. I've never done that, but just as an example, mm. um, and the moment feels like it needs a minute pause and you can pause for a minute and just sit there and be with it. When you're doing music, like there's things to think about, like timing and rhythm and pitch and like projection and all that. Whereas with poetry, it's like, it's literally just you, the words and the audience and that's it. And how much you feel it, you know? Yeah. I really like doing poetry sets. 
it feels very connected and raw and authentic, you know. Is the vibe different in that kind of audience? <clears throat> yes, absolutely. It's like everyone's, you know, you, you can be doing a show and like people will be at the bar talking. Like there'll be people with you, but there'll be people at the bar talking. If you're doing poetry, it's like the whole room is just like quiet and with you and oh, watching, wow. you know. It's beautiful. Really respectful. Yeah. Of the artistry. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, yeah, I don't think poetry was made for the background. I mean, really, music wasn't made for the background either, but it's a lot easier to speak over music, I find, or people feel that way, you know? Mm. Whereas, like, yeah, during a poetry reading, everyone listens. It's more requires concentration. Yeah, absolutely. Like the old days where you listen to music by everyone sitting around a record player and really absorbing it rather than being on the bus in the morning going to work it's just a more kind of captive audience i guess yeah exactly it's yeah. uh yeah beautiful audiences can we please talk about splendor oh <laughs> yeah we can <laughs> you've gone to splendor this year <laughs> yeah that's amazing it's so exciting um yeah so lucky like one of my he manages luca lesson and he knew the person that organizes the stage at World, uh, the World Stage, or the Global Village at Splendor. And he showed her my EP and they got me in. <laughs> I'm so, so excited wow. about it. Yeah. And I'm going like with a, um, a drummer as, with me as well, which I haven't done before. I haven't played with a drummer. Like it's always me and the beats. So it's going to be so exciting to play with a live drummer. Oh, cool. So that's live percussion rather than yeah. electronic beats. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to do the same thing for the Sydney show. Okay. Here, yeah. At Lead Belly. Yes, at Lead Belly. Because you're going. August. Yeah, you're touring around yes. pretty soon. Yes. Uh, for the EP, she's playing some shows all around the Australia, right? Yeah, I'm doing, so Splendor, and then I'm going to Brisbane the week after, and then I come back to Sydney for a week, and then it's Melbourne and Sydney. So Brisbane, Melbourne, and Sydney, and Splendor. So surreal. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. You made a really good choice at one point because initially you were studying to do teaching. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. at some point there must have been a moment where you decided to switch and say you're going to dedicate your life to this path. Yes. How was that moment or was it accumulation of multiple moments? <laughs> um, it was like, it's such a funny story. So I, yeah, you're right. I was studying to be an English and drama teacher. I was doing like a Bachelor of Arts with an English major and I had I'd never like sung you know anywhere or in front of anyone or written anything really and then I I kind of started to question everything like because my family was so strict it was very much like a go to uni get a job get married get in a coffin <laughs> like you know what I mean get to heaven was mm. the idea um so I'd never really considered anything other than going to uni. And then, yeah, I I started dating a guy and he was a rapper. And I just remember this like moment of realizing that I could do whatever I wanted with my life. And it was huge. Yeah, so I dropped the teaching part. I finished the English degree and just went at it <laughs> super hard. <laughs> Is the story that you've just described, that's kind of the themes that's explored in Creatress, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly, it's like realise, like, yeah, all the stuff that you're told growing up that you, 
can't be and that you have to be. And like, it's really funny when I think back on it. Like I have memories of being maybe like five or six or seven or something and like being in the shower and like singing in the shower and pretending that there was like a crowd of like 80,000 people, but never like in my mind, it just was never a reality or like a possibility that I could ever be a singer. It was just like a dumb fantasy, you know? And then realizing that like, like now I'm on stages and I'm singing in front of people. You're and it's Splendor. I'm, not, I'm going to Splendor. <laughs> it's crazy. You know, I feel like I've just been incredibly, yeah, it's like a big pat on the back. Like you made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs> yeah. We're like, cool. I just keep going, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's just nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's the only way I can think to describe it. It's just it's just a lovely feeling that I get to do what I love. All the things that we've heard They are making you and I Forget who we really are We're just searching for the stars Midnight, sit tight, minutes till you're off Once you're done, untangle the bend well, Nadine, it is now the time for the podcast where we do the segment, Tell Me a Thing. So <laughs> what I'd like you to do is to choose from one of these seven topics and tell me something that I don't know. So the topics are musical equipment, recording equipment, politics, Patti Smith, poetry, which I think may be relevant, <laughs> uh, death and punk rock. Can you please tell me a thing? Okay, well, I'm going to go with poetry mm-hmm. because uh, I know some things about that. And the thing is, damn it, I wish I had the actual fact for this, uh, like the actual dates and times. But so you know how people do their like rap battles? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Back in, like, a long time ago, this is what I'm saying, where I wish I had the proper timescape. <laughs> I'm so bad at history. They had something called Poetry Wars in, like, the Arabic countries. Maybe it was, like, Turkey or something like that before it was Turkey, like, that kind of area where they would... Uh, <laughs> so it was, like, a poetry battle, essentially, where they would fight over land. So, like, two men would stand like facing each other and they would recite poetry at each other and then the crowd would get to decide who won the land based on like whose poems they liked better. Wow. Yeah. That's like a very old version of a rap battle. A rap battle but and you get some land. And you get land. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah, before money and things like <laughs> So instead of violence you use carefully constructed sentences. Yeah. That's amazing. So beautiful. So beautiful. I can't be the only one hearing this story who thinks maybe we should do that again still. Yeah, absolutely. Just for resolving any kind of conflict. It doesn't necessarily have to relate to the transfer of land and or properties. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's a great way of resolving conflicts. Just read poems at each other. Yeah. <clears throat> That's funny. It's kind of what like modern day. So I saw a meme. Let's end it with a meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme that was like, um, 
rap battles are just two grown men sitting in separate rooms writing poetry about each other, <laughs> which I love. Which, yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. Yeah. That's thanks to our historical roots. Yeah. <laughs> it's in our DNA. Nadine, thank you so much for coming on and telling us about your new EP and your poetry. I really appreciate your time here on Women Who Rock. My pleasure. I've had a ball. So I've been living these days with an adamantium case in the live permeating But I'll drop it now, all it took was a deep inhalation, a realisation deep Women Who Rock is proudly produced in the Sydney studios of Do As We Are 107.3. But hardness translates to a tendency to ignore half of the song, so it can't resolve. Then I cut along a cartridge of supposed sins I'm waiting to have absolved. See, I grew up to the gospel of be careful and be guilty. And my mother model womanhood is nothing but man's realty, so I figured out early. I figured out early how to bite down on my tongue. And my brother had a t-